Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Hello, all you budding adventurers. My name's James, and welcome back to Season 2, if you can call it that, of the 9to5ADV podcast. Uh, With me, if you remember, is Ross. How are you, bud? Yeah, I'm okay, mate. I'm okay. It's a bit, a bit strange at the moment, being in lockdown, and um, yeah, we were just having a chat off camera there uh, about what we've been up to, and I think you and I have uh, fairly different lives at the moment. It's fair to say. Yeah, so you're you're furloughed. Bridges, uh, Bridge Motorcycles is for all intents and purposes closed, except for sort of service and such. Yeah, I mean, we can deal with um, kind of online inquiries and stuff, so I've been doing bits and bobs with that, um, and we can kind of do like a click and collect service if someone knows exactly what they want, so I think sort of sales are ticking along very slowly, and and the service side of things is still operational, but obviously, um, for the most part, it's uh, significantly quieter than we'd expect it to be, um, especially given that, you know, now is the 1st of February, we'd expect normally to have first customers coming through to order bikes ready for the new registration plate at the 1st of March and um, yeah sales are obviously a little bit lower than they should be but hey ho but you're busy with work and with uh, with little yeah. Je- with Jesse yeah I'll, at work it's, it's it's busier than it's ever been and then anytime that I'm not at work I'm at home with with a little one which is taking up all my time which is not a complaint in any way she's absolutely fantastic and um, I can't wait till she can get on a balance bike. Yeah, exactly. I mean, at the moment, <laughs> I guess she can't. She can't really do much yet. No, she's holding her head up. She's almost sitting up. She's not rolling over yet, but she's gurgling and giggling and and all that, which is quite fun. But <clears throat> but there we go. Um, speaking of remote bikes, though, what I mean, how how have you found? I mean, last we haven't spoken since November, so um, it's kind of weird these new bikes that are sort of remotely getting launched because obviously they, the R and D's gone in the bikes. They need to keep putting bikes out and, and launching new bikes. They can't just—it's not cinema. You can't just put a, put it on on hold for six, twelve months. No, I mean, I I don't know. I'm sure some companies will be doing that to an extent because I think there's probably a little bit of um resistance to wanting to kind of launch a bike remotely and not get the hype around it so i wonder if we will see like a little bit of a later kind of flurry of activity from manufacturers but yeah for the most part they're kind of relying more heavily on social media and things like that which um i think for for you and i and a lot lot of the people that listen to the podcast is probably a great thing and you know people don't have any access uh, issues accessing that um i do wonder if maybe some of these brands core demographics which let's face it are slightly older than than we are um will not be quite as aware of uh, the the new bikes coming out but like i said they've got to launch them anyway um they can't just hold on to the, the new the kind of existing bikes in a lot of cases regardless because of euro 5 which is now in in place so um dealers most dealerships have got a year to sell through their old stock and most manufacturers have got a year to kind of purge that old stock um but at, by the end of this year it's got to all be sold so um so i think for people that are looking for a, for a deal on a bike there may well be a few few bargains kicking around at the moment um especially if it's like 2020 stock um old euro 4 stuff but we're going to come on to that i think in a separate podcast aren't we yeah i was just i was just thinking we've got uh thinking ahead we've got quite a lot um that's that's happened quite a lot that we want to chat about and talk about um that obviously we don't want to cram into this first episode back so 
yeah, I think um, you mentioned we're going to talk about sort of outgoing, you know, going out out of the Euro four into Euro five. Yeah, which bikes have been um, affected by that? And yeah, yeah. So there's, there's quite a lot that um, that I'm keen to get talking about as as the episodes go on. Um, but this this episode, we're we're not going to talk about that. We're going to talk about something completely different, um, which we'll get to in a second. But uh, just looking back, uh, if if you obviously you follow us and you've been following along with the podcast and on social media and such, then you'll know that we've had the Winter Adventure Challenge, which we launched back in first of December, wasn't it? First of December, uh, it went live. Yeah, off. yeah. And now we've got just over a month, probably coming up to a month left. Uh, as this episode goes out um it's been really good actually i really really enjoyed it um it's not it didn't go mad we didn't have like a thousand signups like i was dreading um no it's it's (laughs) but it's actually i I feel like it probably went for for a first time it kind of went almost as as well as it possibly could have because i know there was like that slight there's always that slight worry that you that it's going to fall flat and you're going to get like one person sign up and it's just going to be horribly <laughs> cringeworthy um, that, yeah like Facebook you said the, the, like... the opposite is if you get several hundred people sign up great we're getting getting loads of entries loads of income from it but we just wouldn't have been able to manage it um it's been really nice actually because the the kind of the core demographic of people that have signed up have been really really active on the social media platforms and that's made it really good fun um i've been really impressed with with how much riding some people have done yeah and it's been really really nice actually um you know quite a lot of the people have have come to us and said either on the group or on an email or, or whatever and said that you know thank you and it really has helped them motivate him to get out riding and that's that's what it you know was all about and it's worked yeah, yeah. It's, it's worked for me and you know well, people have said that Jesse. they've like maybe taken the bike to work when they would have ordinarily taken the car or you know when they're you know visit we've had people that um maybe have got people they're caring for and they've taken medication or shopping around to relatives on the bike rather than the car we've seen people with with uh, adventure bikes loaded up with um supplies yeah and, yeah i mean all that sort really... of stuff's really fun yeah, that's really impressed me, actually. There's a challenge on there, if you're not signed up, which is, um, I forgot what I've called, called it. Is it called like Good Samaritan or Hero yeah, Hero which, or Not All Heroes Wear Capes yeah, or something? Yeah, it's just, it's basically just any, any riding for a good cause, whether that, like you said, it's just picking up a prescription for her neighbour or doing some shopping for someone that's self-isolating or something. And it, I, I wasn't really expecting it to, many people to, you know, maybe one or two but it's actually that's been quite quite a lot of people have been taking that up and doing it quite yeah, a lot yeah. which is which has actually been um which has been great to see but but yeah I, i've really enjoyed it i'm de- definitely gonna do it again next year uh Bigger like i said we've, we've yeah we've got a month to go we've got a prize draw at the end um we've managed to wrangle quite a few um decent prizes so if you, you haven't signed up and you want to i mean every five points you earn gives you a, an entry into the draw so i suppose if you want to if you still want to sign up and get some points and yeah, no, I mean, a lot the of the a lot of the people that are doing quite well have did cram loads into their first month didn't they so there's absolutely nothing yeah. stopping you from you know starting now and just mega cramming i still think you could probably pick up 30 40 points just in february um yeah which would give you like six, oh, six to six to eight draw points anyway so uh yeah so yeah get, get signed up but yeah, um, speaking of events and, and us doing stuff, so we've had a not an overhaul of nine to five ADV, but we've you know the two of us have sat down and and looked at going forward where we want to go, where we want this to go and develop, and um, so update news from from us. Then that'll be the only sort of bike related news for this episode. So the first one is we've been working on a bike review system. Mm um obviously you know every man and his dog out there is is doing bike reviews and and tells you whether they like a bike or don't like a bike so we didn't want to jump into that without having our own way of um just sort of presenting it slightly differently isn't it um yeah so so I, i think We've we've played around with a few, you know, reviewing bikes that we've owned or, or currently ridden, owned just yeah. to see how it looks and um and we're pretty pleased with where it's at, so we'll Yeah, I think that the, the main the main thing without explaining 
the whole system is that it's what it's not going to be is um a list of statistics and facts and figures because a two-minute google can get you that it's also not going to be um a two or three page long essay we wanted it to be like quite punchy um and the format we've chosen should hopefully make it very very easy to compare direct rivals um relatively objectively i guess yeah yeah and and mainly focusing on that adventure side of things you know where adventure bikes tend to fall into two categories either either tora or off-roader really and at a glance being able to sort of look and compare almost top gear style of a, a chart of where all of the bikes review, yeah, review, yeah. review go we hope you like it you know it's it might it, we might tweak it as we go on but um yeah no doubt no doubt we but... just wanted to do something different and hopefully you guys will like it but speaking of we're moving into youtube now i basically emptied the james the has got too, too much, too much time on his hands at the moment he thought, "Yeah, so uh, what? What can I do to make my life even even more hard work? <laughs> Start a YouTube channel. That sounds easy." Yeah. Well, we we've started doing video content at, at my work, and yeah. um, so I've I've picked up how to do it, and so I picked up some some extra mics, which is actually what's allowed us to record remotely. If you hadn't noticed, we are recording in our own homes this time, so hopefully the audio is going to be okay. Um, but so yeah, moving into YouTube content. So these bike reviews that I said, content that um, we create for the website in written form will be in video form as well. Not just text on pictures. We'll we'll try and make it entertaining and yeah, and insightful and fun. Yeah, so, I don't think it's necessarily certainly to start with. It's not going to be kind of the the pinnacle of production quality. But hopefully, like you said, it will be <laughs> kind of it will it will be informative and and helpful, if not necessarily the the sexiest video out there. I guess. Although if you want sexy video, James can do sexy videos. Um, you want to go in OnlyFans, nine to five ADV, um, <laughs> very reasonable subscription service. Uh, but one thing I do want to do um, this is this is early stage. This isn't going to be until sort of spring summer. But I've been chatting with my wife who loves cooking, and I'm going to do kind of a sort of semi humorous, semi um, informational almost cooking show that i'm going to do a few a series of just little videos of how to you know i mean episode one's going to be on on how to cook um super noodles so that <laughs> that's gonna that's gonna explain what it's all about but um you know when you're out especially if you're riding like the tet or you're you're away and you mm. rock up at a campsite you know the those boil in the bag meals are pretty fun but you know maybe you want to have something a bit more substantial but then at the same time you know you you might want to have eggs for breakfast but you don't want to take eggs on a on a trail bike for for a yeah. few days so 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 just really playing around with things like you know spam and just seeing what happens really sounds it might like, fall flat on its face after two episodes but <laughs> i'm hoping that it, i'm hoping that it'll be quite fun and, yeah. and again we're looking for something different that that, that we can bring to the table you know in in this niche um and then the last thing is that we are because we're doing all this extra stuff we're buying a lot of extra extra equipment um basically we're gonna we've just launched a patreon so everything as it has been from the beginning everything that we do is is for you guys for free that will continue to be the case um the podcast and the youtube will eventually run ads um if you want to support us and you want an ad free feed for that then you can sign up to patreon and get those ads ad free but the big thing is going to be we've decided that every bit of kit that we review not bikes i'm just going to say that straight away <laughs> not bikes i'd love we'd love to get every... to the point where we can afford to buy a bike and then give it away that would be the dream <laughs> it would be cool wouldn't it very cool but every bit of kit that we review uh we will give it away if um you know if we love it We'll, we'll buy our own bit of kit but it helps mm. us be impartial first of all um and second of all it it's great for you guys um whether it's good or bad it's going to get thrown your way so but to be in, involved with that giveaway and to help you know sort of vote and decide well, what you want us to review 
that's going to be for uh, for those that, that support us on Patreon. So that's live now. If you want to sign up, uh, that would be amazing. But it's it's completely up to you. Like we said, with the content that we create is free and will continue to be so. So, how much does Patreon cost, James? Well, I've been quite creative, so um, is, I've done it in genius. CC class. So it's mm. it's so from, it's one hundred and twenty five pounds a month for your entry. <laughs> <laughs> No, for 125 pence, £1.25. So one, our 125 cc is our lowest uh, subscription amount. So £1.25 a month. Uh, and I think I've done it up to a 500 cc um, for those that, you know, really have got nothing better to spend their fellow money on. Yeah, yeah. And if nobody pays <laughs> nobody pays £1.25, we might have to add a, a, a 16-year-old <laughs> moped class. A 50-year-old class, beg, yeah. A beg we'll for see. 50p a month. <laughs> pay well, for the electricity. The more, you know, the, the, the more it goes, the, the the more support we get, the more we can do, and the, yeah. the better things we can buy. And um, I've already decided what, I'm, what I want to do for either, I don't know, first 100, 500, or 1,000. I don't know. But... I want to do a, cha- a sort of top gear challenge where we see if we can get into adventure riding for a thousand pounds. Okay, yeah, yeah, that'd be pretty fun. The CBT bike kit, everything, everything for a thousand pounds. Ride somewhere. Yeah, sounds good to me. I'm up for that. I think that'll be fun. Yeah, that'll be fun. Um, right, let's jump in. Cool. Unless you got anything else you want to add? No, no, no. Let's uh, let's let's get going. So, main topic cool. this week is adventure bikes in movies well it started as adventure bikes but i think we've expanded that a little bit um the if you're following on you on instagram i i basically put in my story that we were going to have a break because of lockdown and and obviously baby um but when we came back we were going to do this topic and people could basically submit what they wanted to talk about um so i've got a few submissions there from social media and a few things that um i've bought in what we've bought in ourselves uh i didn't want to just do sort of a list of this bike was in this movie and this bike was in that movie so hopefully these are quite fun little it's more fun facts and and bits and bobs but the thing that got me onto the topic was i'm i'm a big movie guy and Ross, you're a, you're a big bike guy, so I'm hoping that between the two of us, we'll uh, we should have some <laughs> quite interesting content. But I, yeah, yeah. I'm big on my I'm big on my movies and I'm big on my comic books. And the new uh, Matt Reeves Batman film with Robert Pattinson is filming in Glasgow. And about six months ago, they released a set some set photos, well, spy shots of um, of this film. And without getting too nerdy, it's based on batman in his sort of first year so he hasn't got you know his own plane and his own custom-built car um so he's on a bike novice batman it's just a bike obviously that he's bought and converted narratively speaking um i mean he's still worth mentioning that bruce wayne is still fairly well off you know he's not he's not gone out and bought a shitter (laughs) like he's not got a royal enfield himalayan and then Sort of ra- with a, and done a rat a rattle can job with some metal panniers and yeah and just the black the black barbecue paint <laughs> yeah no that's it exactly <laughs> but it's a it's it really wound me up because it's a it's a it's a quite heavily customized but it's a Harley soft tail well yeah I, just, I mean what I else would just, you buy for crime fighting around <laughs> I was just thinking to myself I mean this guy needs to get around the city and chase criminals and evade cops and and he's on a Flipping Harley Davidson and that three hundred and fifty kilos and what are they about seventy horsepower? <laughs> oh, <laughs> it's it just that's where the idea came from, and that is actually what we're going to talk about first of all is, is this this bike in this film, and yeah. I think it's it's this whole they really need like motorcycle like um, consultants for these things. Because the thing is, is I'm sure is, but... I'm sure they have motorcycle consultants. I just don't think they listen to them. Because <laughs> I think the I think any film that tries to do anything that has like a, a specific niche in it, they'll obviously get an expert in to to kind of advise and make sure. But I'm sure eventually they get to a point where the director goes, "Yeah, but I don't like that noise." Yeah, and just goes, "No, it's not going to sound like that." But that's 
Yeah, that, and that that's a that's a big thing in in films in general, and it's quite a lot of people actually responded to that when um, when we when I put it up on social media, which is you know they film these things, they put the bikes in, and then what you what you see and what you hear are two totally different things. Yeah, um, you know they'll they'll overlay a triple with a with a twin engine and. And just because the director heard a Ducati once in his life and he goes, no, 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 that's not what a motorbike sounds like. This is what a motorbike sounds yeah. like. Why didn't you get that motorbike for your film then? <laughs> exactly. Uh, there's a great, I mean, if you, if you want, um, if you want to see someone professional go into this properly, there's, um, there's a video by GQ Sports, uh, which is Motocross Pro Travis Pastrana breaks down motocross stunts from movies. And it's, it's things like Mad Max Fury Road, mm. Uh, it's even got Charlie's Angels in it and, and bits and bobs, and and he talks about just you know things like the bikes having a you know ten gears, and they've always got more. They've all, there's always a handful of throttles to to, to have in, in yeah, the middle of yeah. a chase, and I mean that's it, always like need, there's loads of memes for Need for Speed kind of made that famous, isn't it? With the like twenty yeah, speed yeah. gear gearbox with Vin <laughs> Diesel always finding an extra gear to shift into. You know, why didn't you shift into that earlier if it was that easy? <laughs> it's ridiculous yeah um, but but you know i suppose we just you were burdened with the knowledge of well i, I think that's everyone... it i think i'm i'm sure if you're like a, a gun nerd or something um you know some american oh. gun nerd who collects yeah whatever ar-15s or something and then you watch a an action movie it must be absolutely unbearable for them there's um, 20 rounds in a revolver yeah yeah exactly <laughs> <laughs> things like that and i think any time i've ever watched a film where i've had like any kind of specialist knowledge on what they're doing it it's always quite painful so i don't think it's up, specific yeah. to motorcycles i think it's something that that we just notice a lot more because we're kind of uh like you said we're burdened with that that extra knowledge yeah and it and the fact that I'm a comic book nerd just makes it more more difficult for me. But um, right. But I mean, the thing is, they had the they have the material. I mean, back uh, what must have been twenty. Don't quote me on this. Twenty thirteen, twenty fourteen, maybe mm. they did a run called Zero Year, which was sort of his first. It says Zero Year, but it was sort of the precursor to his first year. Yeah. As Batman in Gotham, and he had that back then they they which i think a lot of this film's going to be influenced with is he had a basically a motocross bike with a big batman symbol on the front of it yeah but that someone you know someone thought okay well this is this is the right kind of bike that that he needs to have what well, what you need to think is what do thieves like to raz around, criminals like to raz around cities on so batman should either be on a motocross bike or a moped because <laughs> they seem to be the two choices for certainly in london yeah I i've never seen a, like a, you know a, a bike gang in london tearing what, around um, doing quick muggings on harley davidson's soft tail slims on yamaha scr 950s no no I mean, I've never seen anybody on an SCR 950, James. <laughs> There's anything it's anything to do with criminals. It's just that it's a terrible, terrible motorcycle. Oh. But anyway, I, I could talk about Batman right all day. Bike for Batman's job, but all day. But I'm not going. I'm going to move on to the next one. But what, is, what do you guys think? What... what should Batman have? Should he be on an adventure bike, supermoto, motocross, well, sports bike? I, uh, Let's leave I that up to the that... up to the viewers listeners yeah write in and let us know i mean let i thought motocross but if he's just hopping around the city maybe a supermotor is better maybe got better grip. i think like a i th- i think like a ducati hypermotard style thing big yeah. big engine supermoto that's where i'm at yeah yeah that's where i'm at too but anyway so moving on this is um someone actually brought this to my attention uh when i when i put it put it to the people on instagram which is um, a motorcycle that was used in the Bourne Ultimatum and then was also used, the exact same bike, re-sprayed and used in Quantum of Solace, James Bond. Oh, really? And it it does, the interesting thing doesn't end there, though. What is very cool about it is it sort of looks like, you know, a standard, tatty old... Sort, sort of, of g- generic motorbike that you find... Yeah. 
kind of lying around. Just kicking about for Matt Damon to pick up and, <laughs> and ride around on, yeah. basically. He, it is a Montessa trials bike. Right, okay. We're, and they basically stuck a fake tank and they and oh what like a sort of like fiberglass sort or of something a, kind of yeah and sort of a seat on it to make it look like a fake normal panels. a normal tank but it's it's actually a proper trials bike so it probably didn't really weigh any more because the fuel all of that would have just been full of air yeah and, you know it's a yeah, seven, yeah, that makes you sense. Know, it's a 73 cool. kilogram bike this montessa um, wow. and if you i'm i think i might do a sort of a show notes post on on the website for this so you can mm. see all these pictures but um it's mad it's just a little two um you know a little 250cc trials bike that they they made to look like a proper bike and and like which allowed you know matt damon or whoever it was to do all these fun stunts around uh in the film and then again they they recycled it sprayed tank green and and used it in quantum solace which is quite fun that's quite cool. So I like the idea in that, that they've taken a real bike and they're actually using the genuine bike to do the stunts rather than using special effects and things to make a bike that couldn't otherwise do the stunts mm. do them. So, for instance, what I was going to say, it's not an adventure bike, but I was going to use like Terminator 2 as an example of this, where um, Arnie's on a, the, the Harley Fat Boy. Oh, which and is, he jumps off know, the, down into the whatever it is yeah it's like into the storm drain yeah 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 um and like yeah i mean we all just know that that is just physically impossible it doesn't matter that <laughs> he's a terminator i'm sure that a terminator or whatever that robot or you'll know because you're a geek it'll um, be a good few hundred kilos for a, a t-800 yeah, yeah exactly yeah i'll sat on top of the, an already 300 kilo motorcycle so they had to sort of suspend the bike with wires and all sorts so although like yeah, it's a genuine stunt. It kind of the two, bike two definitely didn't do it. What uh, a Terminator! A T eight hundred, yeah, two thousand pounds. That's a lot. That's like a th- so is that roughly a ton then, isn't it? In kilograms, that's, that's a, so that's a fair, yeah, fair nine hundred and seven kilograms. So I yeah, I would hazard a guess that that probably exceeds the <laughs> the load capacity of a um a fat boy anyway. Well, we must we so must kind of, yeah, assume so, then whoever whoever owned this fat boy that he obviously stole it off had. You know, spent a lot of money on um, modifying really it. good suspension, just in case. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, no, it's quite 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 fun. Do you know, interesting, apparently that um, that bike though sold at auction in 2018 for nearly half a million dollars. Jeez. But is it worth it? I reckon it is. That is a really? that is a cool bike. Yeah, it, it would it would be different if it was, you know, really modified for something like which we'll come to later like the greatest sure. game or something but yeah it was just as far as i'm as far as i remember it was just a fat boy no it wasn't no it wasn't i don't think it was modified it was yeah just fat boy but it's arnie's fat boy <laughs> i reckon that's cool <laughs> that's i don't even like harley's and i think that's cool that's uh, so you said about um quantum of solace then yeah let's um, talk about james bond any other any other bond bikes so because he's obviously like massive on his cars but it's not they definitely even if there are bikes in the films they don't get the same attention no so we've been watching we've got the bond box set and we've been working our way through them where we're currently on piers brosnan's reign so we're almost up to date oh, that's um, unfortunate i know how you, it's all downhill from here. missioning through that bit um it's right because casino rails are a bang on our film so yeah well um, exactly that brings it right back to life exactly but um so for your eyes only which i'd never seen before uh until about two months ago and there's a pretty average film but there's a brilliant that's the one with this the ski skiing in it yeah yeah Yeah. but there is a honestly i i've as thrilled as i possibly have ever been in in an old james bond film which is a a chase um on skis and then along a toboggan run um, where James Bond's being chased by a couple of bad guys on Yamaha XT500s, which are some of the coolest bikes ever made. Well, they're like proper kind of uh, pre- predecessors, I guess, of the of the Tenere's, right? The, yeah, the XT, um, the, the old Dakar bikes, and yeah, they. Um... But these had like machine guns and stuff on them, right? Yeah, they looked awesome. They were all 
I think they were all kitted out in black, if I remember, or were they white? Um, I can't remember, if I'm being honest. But... The, the guys that were that they were riding them, it's honestly, I would get it up on YouTube, give it a watch, because it is a really fun scene. And the guys do some pretty good bike stunts on them. And I really want one Maybe of my you garage. should um, get some... We should get some machine guns for your T7. <laughs> my T7. You wanted to do a sticker job on it. Maybe we could find the kind of the the kit to, to make a, a James Bond replica. <laughs> no, you're right. But they've, I mean, they've had quite, I mean, so we've had the Yamaha. They didn't really seem to have, especially when it came to motorcycles, really having a, um, an affiliation with any particular brand. I mean, they had, that Honda three wheel, it was a Sean Connery film, I can't remember which one. Again, hilarious. Oh, really? That little three wheel um, trike thing. Oh, the, the yeah. Inflatable... I, I posted a thing about that the other day on Bridges' Instagram. I can't remember. They were banned in America yeah. because they would too they killed too many people. Yeah. Fortnite um, did a video on them uh, a month or so oh, really? ago. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it, until now, and they've kind of, they seem to, they well, I say, they they did seem to have a really strong affiliation with Triumph uh, last year and with the launch of yeah. No Time to Die there was a huge um, crossover with the launch of that film and the launch of Triumph's new Tiger 900 and I remember yeah. then they, when they launched the Tiger 900 they said well the guys at James Bond approached us and said we would like a scrambler or, or yeah. whatever and then but we want a tiger 800 to use in the film and triumph turned around and said well actually we're going to give you this tiger 900 which were which won't be launched which no until one knew about, about at that point yeah until the film comes out yeah and they did this they this big sort of hype up for it. They did that launch up at Hinkley where they got the guy doing the mm-hmm. massive jump on the Tiger. And yeah. um, the Tiger 900 launched and came and not went because it's still It's done very well. They've since still, launched. still doing incredibly well. They've but... since launched another Tiger. Yeah. <laughs> and the James Bond yeah. film is nowhere to be seen. No, what they put it back to October now or something. It's horrible. Mad. It's oh. mad. And they're, they're refilmed. But that's got the... You know, Go on. They're they're re- they're having to refilm some scenes so that they can keep their sponsorship. So things oh, like really? with with mobile phones and I think his Amiga watch, they either have to like CGI oh, wow. because they're, they're now ref- the old models. Yeah, so they can keep their sake. sponsorship money, which is hilarious. But that's um, hilarious. That I mean, I think everyone's seen it now. That scrambler stunt that was in the trailer and oh, there's so the awesome. set footage of it, and that is mad. That somebody did that very impressive yeah i know i think it was modified but from what i gather i don't think it was i don't think it was ludicrous no i, I what they did to it i think it was because it was at the bike show i think it was just you know paint job and suspension as far as i know because yeah, the think, actual jump itself sure did... it's a high jump but the landing is very high as well so the actual... yeah yeah it's just a big step up isn't it yeah so the impact isn't enormous but no that was um that was pretty cool and obviously we had yeah and we had the whole the the james bond edition scrambler yes. came out yeah um, which was one. laughably expensive did but, you sell any um uh yeah we sold one yeah oh, um good job. 18 and a half grand for a, a paint job and an animation on the digital screen oh really um yeah yeah it did like because it's got the round screen on the scramblers yeah, yeah, yeah. but it's all digital it did the like when you start it up the bullet jobby <laughs> with the blood coming down it it was it was really cool i did think i thought it's, it's a five grand premium for this bike and i switched it on and i thought yeah to be fair it's probably worth it <laughs> <laughs> just hilarious. for that yeah oh, um, no it was pretty cool but it was, it was a lot of money for what it was but you know limited edition triumph linked mm-hmm. to a pretty cool movie that's one day might come out yeah um we'll see but um yeah and i guess yeah bomb bikes the the less said about the r1200c the better yeah oh yeah because we that was the last one we watched actually <laughs> was it tomorrow never dies that oh, was it wasn't it yeah that is awful an ugly bike. machine awful bike a foul it's, quite, machine. it's a fun scene though because because obviously they've got the handcuffed so one of them's on the throttle and one of them's on the clutch it's quite it's quite a fun scene but the bike itself is just 
it's awful. Not, it's not it's like the, cu- it's the, the bike is the colour of that cutlery that everybody's grandparents has. <laughs> you know the one I mean with the like yellow handles. Yeah. It's yeah bizarre bike. Hey ho. There you go. Um, so one secret agent to another. Then that I mean this is all just seems to be sort of secret agent action films, but they do seem to do the yeah. best bike stuff. But but Tom Cruise then. Well, which, it's certainly the more exciting, eh? Yeah, and the you know the the better production value so but yeah mission impossible so good old tom cruise he loves his bikes as we all know big bike fan and um it's strange they seem to have a sort of a back and forth with between bmw and triumph um tom cruise always seems to be have quite an affinity to triumph really um i mean edge of tomorrow he had a he had a triumph uh thruxton actually the older thruxton um mission impossible obviously he's had quite a few triumphs uh mm. top gun he didn't but we'll get to top gun in a minute but um we've got to talk about mission impossible 2 which is crazy i mean i love the mission impossible films i think the latest the later ones are incredible um did you know that the first mission impossible film they didn't he doesn't fire a single bullet who doesn't? Ethan Hunt, Tom Cruise's character, he doesn't fire a single bullet in the hot in the whole of the first Mission Impossible film. It's all about espionage I mean, and and then Mission Impossible Two. Not... He's like jumping through the air with two guns, slow motion, all this. It is really it is chaos. Um, but I'm not really into the franchise, so you're not. Is that no? So does that mean you don't like Mission Impossible Two or? It's its own because they're all different. They're all different directors. Um, oh, okay, I didn't know that. Fine. I think the later ones aren't, but the the original ones definitely are. And mm. um, obviously, it's trying. It was trying to carve its own. You know, each director wanted to put their own spin on it. And mm. It is rubbish. Mission Impossible Two. Yeah, but who is directing that? Michael Bay or something? Um, nope. I should have quick find this out. Quick, quick. quick pause in a. In this, we're gonna make James is gonna edit this to look seamless, like he uh, like he knew this. Director John Wu. I could have said John Wu, but I thought John Wu did number three. But but you didn't say it. I did didn't you, say it. So it's too late now. I'll edit no. it. I'll t- uh, right here we go. Here again. we go. Ask me again. Who? So who was the director? Was it like Michael Bay or something? No, no. The Impossible second two? one I think was John Wu. So um... oh, I thought he did the third one. No, no, no. Oh, don't don't be silly, Ross. That is. <laughs> <laughs> yeah well i'm always your knowledge never ceases to amaze me um so so what bikes have we had then obviously you said triumphs um the one i the one i know i don't know which film it's in but i know that he had um a speed triple in one of them i do remember seeing that and i think at one point doesn't he like slide off it under a helicopter or something or he has a speed... i seem to remember there's a film with a speed triple and a helicopter there's uh a fight scene between a speed the tom cruise ethan hunt on the speed triple and the bad guy whatever his name was uh on a daytona 955 and they're chasing each other oh. around and shooting each other and uh um, maybe i made up the helicopter there, there may have been a helicopter but there's bits where he's if i was a director i would have added a helicopter in there well there's a great shot where he, he puts the front brake on and does a stoppy 180 while shooting yeah if you can visualize yeah, yeah. that yeah well i mean and that is that stunt can be done i don't know about the shooting <laughs> part but the stoppy 180s i've seen people do at stunt shows so that can in theory definitely be done yeah. i've never seen somebody shoot somebody whilst doing it but i i but iconic if anybody could do it i reckon it'd be tom cruise tom cruise yeah because he's a good rider though isn't he he is actually a good rider he's he's one of these people i think that appears to be horribly horribly good at everything yeah i i, I watched a, a, a red bull clip the other day and it was him trying um f1 an f1 car for the first time right and i thought back to the uh, the old top gear clip of richard hammond trying an f1 car and obviously this is richard i mean don't, don't i don't think richard hammond is a especially good driver mm-hmm. but it is his job is to drive cars and he basically could not do it didn't have the the stamina didn't have the reaction time didn't have the strength didn't have the skill to get an f1 car around a track effectively without spinning it and stalling it tom cruise got in and he was being coached by david coltard and coltard said after tom had been out for a couple of hours he said yeah i reckon he could make it in open seat racing he's that good 
It's mad, isn't it? And then he went and jumped in a stunt helicopter and did some loop-the-loops. He's yeah. one of these people that's just horrifically good at everything he tries. Every That's the thing, everything he does. Like, he learned to fly a helicopter, like, fly that helicopter in the latest one, the way that the helicopter was flown around. It's just... Mm. He is, he is mad. I but, think it's just because he's such a high, highly, highly operating Dayton or whatever it is. <laughs> I didn't... Is he still in that? Is he still... Yeah, he loves it. He's like their poster boy. I thought he'd, I thought he'd left it. Nah. Okay. No. Well, <laughs> the official stance on 95ADV is that Tom Cruise is still a Scientologist. Loves so there it. you go. But anyway, so mm. these two sports bikes, <laughs> they... Um, they start on the road and then um, they have to go the the final confrontation is off road and you, li- you literally cut scene to scene between road slicks and, and big knobbly tyres oh really it's hilarious it is funny but again it's just it's one of those things that if you're a lay person you wouldn't notice mm. you just think oh that's cool these guys are having a yeah. bike fight um, so they get away with it but Moving what on. What we all notice is that yeah, somewhere they're very quickly changing their tires in between yeah. surfaces. But, yeah, it is funny. But the later films, they they did BMW. Uh, all the cars were BMW. Okay. There's a great chase scene with S1000RRs, um, mm. which is which is brilliant. And then the latest film with Henry Cavill in it, they bought the speed triple. Is back. that Superman? Yeah. So Hen, they they the they do a heist or whatever, and then their getaway vehicles are the 2016 Speed Triple, I want to say. I could be wrong. Right, okay, yeah, yeah. That sort of, that sort of matte silver one. Um, yeah. And then Tom Cruise's character gets on an R19 Scrambler, so we get the Triumphs back. He draws the short And the straw. BMW. Um, and then the, um, the sort of villain uh, lady who ends up becoming an ally is riding around and trying to shoot him on a Tiger 800. So Triumphs and BMWs all around. Getting along to get famously together. I guess staying with Tom Cruise then, we've mentioned earlier, Top, Top Gun, um, another one of your favourite films, isn't it? I like Top Gun. I haven't seen it in years. But it's a good film. Yeah, and they had, uh, I believe the, the the big bike in that one was the was a Kawasaki, a GPZ 900. It's an absolutely um, ugly thing. But I know a lot of people have... Yeah, but people love them, don't they? Yeah, absolutely love them. for a lot of people. I think it was just probably, like, quite... For the 80s, it was probably, like, very, very out there. And I think a lot of 80s designs that were very out there have maybe aged quite poorly, Mm. certainly in the bike world. But the way Um, it's filmed, I mean, if you you watch that scene now, it's still... It it looks cool. He looks cool on it. Yeah. And they're um, they're sticking with Kawasaki for the the new movie, aren't they? Yeah, um, I can't imagine although... Kawasaki would have would have let them have anything else. <laughs> yeah, but I mean it's nice though that they're staying with Kawasaki. So in the new one they've got the they they're going with the H two carbon. Um because we do teens tend to see in most movies that it's either kind of like we we're saying earlier, the, the that Montessa style nondescript mm-hmm. this isn't a brand of bike, it's just the kind of bike you're gonna find lying around in a developing nation country or something yeah um or it tends to be kind of european exotica triumphs ducatis bmws um those kind of more yeah exotic names um and it's nice to to see a japanese brand get some some proper screen time and um a bit of recognition for for the bikes they make because ultimately i mean things like that kawasaki h2 it what when it came out in whenever it was 2015 i want to say it was groundbreaking uh-huh. um and it's still there's not really many production bikes that have kind of got the the same presence and headline grabbing figures as that no groundbreakingly expensive well do you know what now it's not really it's h2 carbons 29 grand um which is a lot but um everything's over 20 grand now a honda fireblade is 23 and a half or something it's mad, isn't it? For an SP, it's mad. And this, I don't. This is something I'll never get. Is 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 buying one of these and, and as a road bike? Oh yeah, I mean, we've probably said it before, haven't we? Un- completely and utterly unusable on the road. Yeah. Um, the the only the only real the only times I can really understand it is if you're wealthy enough 
to be fortunate enough to be able to buy one of them and take them on track yeah and and be able to afford to crash it oh yeah if you're in that camp then fair play you know i if if i was a multi-millionaire i'd do the same but <laughs> yeah genuinely yeah. i don't see what yeah i I don't think i drive well on the road i've ridden no. bikes on the road and yeah doesn't doesn't really do it for me no no totally agree i'm just looking through our notes uh we were never going to get away with not talking about this one were we not at all two of my favorite things electric vehicles and superhero movies so did you know that the harley davidson livewire which was most recently used by ewan and charlie in long way up see bringing it back around to adventure riding yeah which was launched in 2019 as a production Mm. motorcycle was on our screens all the way back in 2015 was it it was so i did not know that james as i'm sure all of our audience have done um you probably all want to see age of ultra midnight the second avengers movie um on a midnight release as i did i'm assuming so but if you didn't i, I I'll can't imagine in. they didn't <laughs> so they um harley at harley have had a relationship with with uh, marvel studios way back from the first Captain America film, which was 20... 2010, 2011, I want to say. Um, so all the way from back in World War II, um, Captain America has had a Harley Davidson all the way through to the modern day and all the bikes in these... In 2011. The 2011, is it? It was 2011, well yeah. done. So I think, as far as I'm aware, all the, all the bikes in these films have been... Uh, have been Harley, so they've had that partnership, and mm, I didn't know that they wanted something futuristic and funky for their their Avengers plane to jump out of their Avengers plane in in the second film, and they they gave them the prototype of the Livewire, which was used in the film, and that was pretty cool. Uh, that was one of the, f- the first time that bike was ever seen was in the spy shots of that film, and it didn't launch until 2019. Um, with Harley's desperate attempt to rebrand themselves and make themselves relevant again, whether that's worked or not. Um, I'll leave that for you to decide. Remains to be seen, I suppose. Yeah. But yeah, I thought that was quite cool. Yeah. Yeah, and a nice little link back to the adventure bikes. I still haven't finished watching Long Way Up, which I sadly think is kind of testament to how not... It's not the most... I found it quite uninspiring yeah which i wouldn't have said about the previous two series i know a lot of people don't like those series but i thoroughly enjoyed long way round and down i think the first um, one was... and, and kind of like uh, when i watched those i i i wanted to just roll into another episode yeah um and they were so overwhelmingly inspiring for a whole generation of riders yeah exactly um and i kind of always wanted to what wanted to binge them mm. whereas long way up i haven't at all yeah see i've i still haven't watched past the first episode i just yeah which which says something yeah and especially for me as someone who, who absolutely loves bikes and electric ele- bikes and electric stuff you know it's... and 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 the, and you and charlie you'd enjoy and i mean i know i remember you were really looking forward to to watching it and yeah yeah mad mad keen for it to come out but it is it is a shame, and I was I was hoping that it would have the same effect. But um, and mm. again, I suppose it still remains to be seen because we you know it's still too too early to tell. But the the impact that that had on the adventure bike scene back, way back when it first came out, I was hoping that it would it's have unbelievable, that, wasn't it? That sort of effect again, and especially in sort of the electric market, and there would be a surge. Mm. I mean, there's certainly been a surge in electric cars Pardon recently, and next and they've they're predicting that this year is going to be huge for electric cars and mm. the bikes just still seem to be off by the wayside yeah i mean every time i mean it's the same with anything online right there's always idiots in the comments and stuff but every time motorcycle news or anybody posts an article about electric bikes and you flick through the comments and it's just people bashing and bashing and bashing and bashing and bashing so yeah i think unless I understand what Harley were trying to do and kind of get new blood into it because I think unless bike manufacturers can draw in a, lo- a younger in audience, I sort of feel like they're probably wasting their time uh-huh. um, trying to convert 
sort of the the hardened petrol head motorcyclists mm-hmm. is my feeling yeah no i totally agree um, I mean, these people are hard, you know, in the showroom, you tell them there's a quick shifter on a bike and they think it's witchcraft. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. and you just say, you don't have to use, you don't have to use the quick shifter. I don't want a quick shifter. Well, it's got one, but you don't have to use it. But I don't want it. <laughs> well, it's on there. I'm sorry. <laughs> but you can take it off for yourself and it'll cost 200 pounds. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> or you could just ignore it and use the clutch like normal. Yeah. Oh. There you go. One so, episode yeah, back, we'll and we're see. already talking about we're already whinging about electric bikes again. Sorry, back to normality. Well, yeah, <laughs> or we're whinging about people whinging about yeah, electric bikes. Yeah. We're keen. Exactly. Right. Um, no, because uh, talking about gone. Have you got any more? Oh, I mean, I thought why don't we finish on the? It's not an adventure bike per se, but it's it was pretty adventurous what they did with it, and um, arguably the the most famous. Um, motorcycle in any any film ever, and again, it was technically it's a triumph. Um, I, I think you class well, you definitely can class its predecessor as an adventure bike. I'd say these days, not its predecessor, its so successor. You, Sorry, successor. What the Tiger Cub? No, the no, as in as in the, the Scrambler twelve hundred. Oh, okay. I mean, I, I mean yeah, yeah. a spiritual successor, not a direct successor, but I suppose if you sure if you bought okay. if you bought it, it straight a, up to modern a, day, that would be. Yeah, yeah. No, you're probably probably right. So it was a TR6 trophy mm-hmm. um, used in the Great Escape to uh, to leap out of the POW camp and uh, and send our, our our mate Steve McQueen to, to freedom. <laughs> um, although unsurprisingly, it wasn't ridden by by Steve. It was ridden by a um, a chap called Bud Eakins, um, and the bike was disguised to look supposedly like a a BMW R75 because I guess they didn't have many Triumphs lying around in. Um, POW camps in Germany, um, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, no. Apparently, I was I was reading about this, and apparently, after the film, the I guess the directors or whoever made, did the film just thought, oh, whatever, we don't need that anymore. It's probably just a trashed motorbike, um, and they sold it to a, a farmer who used it to herd cows for years. That's mad, isn't it? Yeah. So this kind of well, a bike now that I guess is almost priceless. Um, was was used for for years and years just as a as a farm hack and uh, and then it was stored in a barn for decades and left to rot um and eventually it was kind of rediscovered and i think it passed through a couple of hands and then um long story short it's it's found its way back to to hinkley and has been fully restored and um i believe is is on display there to this day but i mean thinking that you think that terminator bike's worth half a million dollars yeah um crikey i wonder wonder what someone would pay for pay for that this one at auction but uh there was a little uh little link back to not that bike but but it's rider last year so um triumph did a a couple of buddykins specials now I'm, oh, I don't yeah know, a little a little bit skeptical of these things because sometimes it feels like maybe uh manufacturers trying to find a way to offload some excess stock but you know i wouldn't like to <laughs> I wouldn't like, like to, to say that Triumph were definitely doing that <laughs> exactly, but they did it. No, they look quite cool. They were um, so they did the Bonneville T100 and T120 in these kind of cool red and silver they paint do look jobs, retro, with... don't they? Yeah, they look smart and they look a little bit more kind of contemporary than a, a, a standard Bonneville would because they had like the um, the diamond grips, mm-hmm. kind of more racy grips, and they had bar end mirrors on them. Um, paint job was a little bit less kind of. Um, 60s a little bit more kind of modern looking but no they they they, they were cool looking bikes and um i mean whenever triumph bring out a special edition they never struggle to shift them no no um, and these ones unlike the bond bike the nice thing with these was they they were i think there was no price premium so it was literally just if you liked the color well but you might as well buy it because it's exactly the same price as a standard yeah. one 10 900 you're buying, uh, it says here. sorry 10 900 for t120 yeah, and I, so I'm pretty sure that's the same as the um, the standard ones were. I'm sure it was, but yeah. So they were quite they were quite cool. Yeah, and a, a nice little tribute to no nice the man that probably that completed what's probably the most famous motorcycle stunt in movie history. So um, we will have obviously missed out hundreds of movies, um, but there's some. I guess they're just some of the ones that sort of stood out to us and 
either films that we've kind of grown up with or or particularly enjoyed or yeah and things that hopefully we've had something interesting to say about as, as opposed to just listing off yeah but if we did miss anything anything fun i mean i didn't know anything about that that montessa i think that's a really i think that's probably my favorite bit of information in this uh in this episode so if you've got any fun facts like that then let let us know and we'll we'll read about next week because yeah yeah absolutely there's some there's some fun little nuggets of of information to be had out there so but yeah i think that'll do it i think that'll wrap us up this week we're already pushing an hour so lots of editing for me to do not i've done any podcast editing for a few months so it's probably going to be absolute nonsense and i haven't done a remote remote editing podcast either so ever so we'll see how that goes yeah, so you'll probably Just hope I start, hit hope I hit record. You'll probably start talking about the beginning of our topic in about two minutes, if I unless I if I don't sync this up properly. Oh, I see. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see cool. how it goes. Um, so whether or not it will be next week, well, I think we're probably not going to put strict time frames on on the podcasts for this this season at the moment just because with everything going on and obviously james having fairly hectic work life kind yeah, of stuff I'll, going on um, i'll see how i we'll get see, on with we'll see how this one goes well. but the next one that comes out i think we said like we said we're, we're probably going to look at this um this euro four to five transition and kind of what it means for adventure bikes going forward yeah um if there's anything we're losing anything we're gaining and um, yeah, because there have been quite a few models that have been announced that would be quite fun to talk about. Um, yeah, you know things like the new Tiger Eight Fifty. I thought that was that was quite a curveball from Triumph, bringing out a bike. Yeah, that absolutely. Is, is uh, all for all intents and purposes the same price as a T Seven? You know, yeah, it's uh, but a very what, different know, type of yeah, bike. What that um, what that means for the market? Um, I mean, we've got the Pan America getting yeah. talked about in 12 days at time of recording so yeah. honda crf 300 should be hitting showrooms anytime now yeah so yeah so, pl- plenty, plenty so of few... uh plenty of adventure bikes to chat about yep but um yeah let us know if there's any anyone you particularly well we'll yes. talk about the big ones but if there's anything in particular you want us to talk about about those big ones yeah pick us a message and let us know um we're on social media uh, at nine to five ADV on Instagram and Facebook, and Devonshire underscore Biker on Instagram. Yeah, ping us an email. We forked out over Christmas as well. Another reason why our coffers are empty. Uh, you could now email us at hello at nine to five ADV dot com. I did it. We don't have a Gmail anymore. Sounds I mean, so if, much more profesh. If you save the Gmail, that Gmail is still running. So if you save that in your contact list, then that's fine. That's fine. It was to just get redirected. Yeah, but um, yeah, we are a big shot now, Ross. We've made it. Yeah, you know, you know when you've got your own domain. <laughs> I've had the domain. I just haven't had the email. Well, the email. Extra. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, yes, but yeah. Thank, thanks to everyone that's kind of supported so far. Yeah, yeah. That, I, I say that I say that the coffers are empty, but that is all the, you know, that's the support and and what we've bought in in the past year and all of it's been reinvested over these these two months so that we can sort of push forward with with 2021 yeah. so um fingers crossed we have we all have a good year don't forget to give us all your money on patreon yes not all or your just money. one just one pound 25 there's a there's a podcast that i listen to and and their way of looking at it is if it fell out of your pocket and you didn't and you wouldn't stop to pick it up then that's the right amount. I would stop to pick up one pound twenty-five, James. Yeah, but not all, not all of us are as pov as you. <laughs> <laughs> well, there we go. Cool. I mean, one pound twenty-five would probably make a lot of noise as well. So you probably <laughs> look. It's an yeah. So actually, work. to be fair, it's got so it's got to be paper, really. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So so notes, notes, please. Because they don't make any noise when they hit the floor. So yeah, perfect. There we go. Um, <laughs> thank you all very much for for tuning in. Um, good, good to be back here. And uh, yeah. yeah, looking for, looking forward to to being able to get back out on the bike in 2021. Yeah, I'd say keep adventuring, but don't. don't no, do don't. That. That's illegal. Right Unless your adventure <laughs> is essential, in which case, yeah. do go on an adventure if it's essential, but only if it's local. <laughs> but don't go out on your bike.
Thanks, everyone. <laughs> yeah, thank you. Good to see you. Well, I say good to see you all again. I'm not seeing any of you. Good to have you listening again. It's good to be back, like you said, Ross. All right. Adios. Bye. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. This message comes from BOF sponsor eBay. You'll know real when you get it. It'll say eBay authenticity guarantee. And you'll feel it. Maybe it's a head-turning handbag, a watch that says it all, jewellery that makes you look like the gem, or sneakers and streetwear so fresh every step feels fly. eBay gets it. So look for the blue check mark next to that thing you love and be confident that every inch, stitch, sole and logo is checked by experts. With eBay Authenticity Guarantee, you can trust that feeling of real is always in reach. Ensure your next purchase is the real deal. Visit ebay.com for terms.